This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. For your local tyre power, save on Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us as we wander down the rabbit hole for Tyre Power. The Stallwide Super Sale is now on. Uh, the rabbit hole can be one rabbit hole. It can be many rabbit holes. Uh, let's go down the rabbit hole now for TJM. Handle anything with XJ, X, no, XGS Premium Suspension by TJM. A lot of initials here. Visit your local TJM store for a free quote today. G'day, Tim. G'day, Gary. Yes, there are a lot of rabbit holes, and you and I both know, given that uh, we've had experience with uh, ferreting, uh, we both know that they have more than one escape hatch, the rabbit, when they're digging their holes. They have three or four, which means you've got a net three or four when you send the ferret down. So. And they can go down a rabbit hole that they're not supposed to, which probably sums up what this podcast is all about. We'll wander down some that yep. we potentially might know what we're talking about, and others we've got no idea. I want to talk to you about breastfeeding at some stage. In public or not, <clears throat> a little later in the program, you don't need to have that. You, you don't need to have that horrified look on your face. <laughs> I need to. If you're going to talk about stuff like that, I need a heads up. Why? Uh, because I need to prepare stuff. I'm not talking about breastfeeding off the top of my head, because you can only get yourself in trouble when you start well, talking about stuff like yeah. that without giving it a lot of thought no, and not, due process. That's not what I want. I want the unfiltered wish. <laughs> Why would we be talking about that anyway? Because it's been a big topic. It's been a rabbit hole that others have gone down this week. Right. We may or may not choose to go down there. Right. Okay. Now, what we have been able to unearth, which I'm Mm, still having um, sorted through with my lawyers. Conniptions about to. Is the the, uh, Saddam Hussein audio that we've been able to unearth. Yes. And I'm having that right now. Uh, 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 are we going to be able to play any of it? I know we're not allowed to look at it, but are we allowed to play any of it? A little later in the program, there is the potential to play some I'm Just Again, as I right. said. I've got people looking over it because I, I need to protect myself. How You do. but Because w- Andrew Murphett, the Muppet, he may come for me again if I don't. Well, he may need to uh, issue a retraction and an apology. Uh, where did you unearth this, by the way, before we get to that? I rang my very good friend at Channel 9. I don't want to mention his name because mm. he might get into trouble for sending it to me, mm. um, who then went on and unearthed the whole the whole program. Right. Mm. Had it been archived? I think it had been very well, very much archived, right very, down the, right very down the bottom. Very deep in the bowel. Where did it come from, Stake and Kitty? Was that being in Sydney somewhere? He sent me the audio and the visual. He sent me the whole show. <laughs> the whole show, Tim. <laughs> How many times have you watched it? No, because I, I know you like you do enjoy. <laughs> no. you do enjoy sitting back watching yourself. No, don't I don't. You? Yes, you do. No, I certainly don't. No, you do. I never do. No, put hand on heart. You do. You watch a lot of the old videos. Oh, footy. Yes, not not and television. Perf- and your performance is on the footy show. No, you often, I don't. Gary, you often come in on a weekly day and say to me, "Oh, wish I was make- watching this." Is this. a makeup? <laughs> it's not a that's makeup. A, that's a lie. It is not a lie. I don't come in Cox- and say, "Oh, I watched the footy show back where I did no, this." No, you, no, you, no, you didn't. I've never done that in my life. You do say, "I was watching with my boys some of the old footy show stuff the other day." No, Have no, you ever said that? No, to no, me? no. They sometimes come up with stuff. And then and you go, what happened there. here? I that's never right. have gone back. I don't want to watch myself on television okay. at all. Well, it's not unless it's I'm not kicking positive. ten. <laughs> then I'll go and. 
and maybe sit down and have a good look at it from time to time. Hey, <laughs> yeah. just uh, before because this is a rabbit hole style program, and mm-hmm. we can jump about a bit. Uh, you're a little bit raspy in the voice. Yeah, what have you been doing over the last couple of days? I got a, I got like a chest. Yeah, I know cough. you got that. You may have the long form of COVID too, which I think that you probably should go to a doctor about and maybe get yourself checked out. But having said that, what about your voice? Have you been doing a little bit of extra voiceover work? Oh, Is that yes, what it's been? that yes. So um, the I sort of led you into that. Yeah, no, yeah. don't we? I thought you were talking about no, no. to make excuses for the cough that will inevitably happen during this podcast. Because I want to go down the Gus Gould hole. Oh yeah, so I went something. and did the um, AFL video game. I don't know, yep. I'm not sure what it's called. Tell like, people what you have to do. So I did this about I don't know two or three years ago initially with a with a firm who put you know the video game I'm talking about. Yep. So then Anthony Hudson calls it, yep. so he has to go through and call every scenario. Well, yeah, possible scenario. I haven't played this game, by the way, So, but it, you, you play and, it'll, and the ball goes long into the forward line. Well, Hutto has to voice that in every you know different scenario they can think of. Right. And on the special comments, voice. Right. So, so I, give us an example of something you might have said yesterday. Okay. Um, Oh, he's going to regret making that decision. Like that? Or? Yeah, like that. And that times a thousand. Right. So what else Over did you, a thousand of those. So what else might you it have took, said? It took six hours, Tim. Right. Six hours in a recording booth. It's called AFL 23. This is the new one that's coming out. Right. Uh, what else? But then there was the longer form, like for quarter time. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if the coach took them in and gave them a real scene too there. They'd be disappointed with their clearances and their inside 50 work. Like I had to do that a thousand times, Tim. Right. And um, what oh, about- Oh, boy. Look at that for a kick. <laughs> That's over and over. And you know what? So you- was somebody feeding you these no, lines? I'm in a booth. It's on a script, is it? No, on a screen. On a screen, okay. <laughs> We're in the... Tr- <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, called a, it's called a computer, Tim. Right, okay. So, and this is the thing that I found different to the last time. Right. So oh, I'd you've say- done this before. It's the second time. Right. You must have been good. They invited you back. Are you not listening? No, I'm not listening. No, you're no. not. So they've invited you back. You did it last year. No, no, I did it like two. Oh, did How I many not... years ago did you do it? I said this off the, off the How start. How many years yeah, listen. ago? Listen. Thank you, John. How many? Three years, maybe. Okay. This so is... you got paid for three years. I don't years. worry about whether I I'm got paid. I'm more worried about the money here. <laughs> How many good. sheets did you get for no, this? Per diem. <laughs> for, I got a lunch. <laughs> I got a, 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 diet, a Coke Zero. Right. Anyway. Anyway. The difference this time, the last time, was um, he picks it up and snaps. Oh, what a great shot. And then you've got to do a non-binary version. How does that go? They picked it up and they snapped and, oh, they'll be happy with that. Anyway, that's uh, so all I'm saying is it was twice the workload. Right. And uh, so you do the version for the AFL. Mm-hmm. Who does the NRL version? Oh, so. <laughs> I'm leading you down the pathway here. They told me, uh, honestly, it was one of the hardest things I've done. Oh, that's tough, yeah. A lot it's, of people out there be thinking, oh, that's got to be no, hard. No, I sat down there work. at 10 o'clock. I walked out up our street. Like, oh, uh, oh, you must have been exhausted. Thousands of lines. In the end, your eyes your eyes are gone, and you wouldn't be able to do it. You can't read anything. You would be hopeless. Did you have to have a Bex and a lie down? You'd be hopeless at this. Did you put yourself in a nice bath after this? So they reckon Gus Gould up in Sydney did it. Right. And walked in and said, right, yeah, what, what, what's going on? And they said, oh, okay, just sit over there, uh, Gus, and put the screen up like they did with me. And they reckon you read about five lines. And he said, how many of these are there? And they said, oh, well, 
over a thousand. Oh. Oh, I just got to get something from the car. Walked out and never come back. <laughs> never came back with. That's what they told me. So I felt like that at the start. I thought, oh, And no. then you started thinking of all the sheets that were jumping no, into your bank account. And you thought, hang on, I'll hang around. Hey, we're on the verge of round one um, if you're an AFL uh, devotee. Lover. Round one starts this weekend. We're on a, what's this today? We're on a Wednesday. Starts tomorrow, actually. Yep. In fact. And we thought, well, let, let's celebrate footy because we are, you know. Talk about our love old, of the game. old blokes, but I'm excited about footy coming back. We get a bit, you know, halfway through the year, it can be get a, a bit of a grind, but the anticipation takes you back. So when did you first fall in love with footy? I know for you, you fell in love with it and then you're playing. <laughs> what is your What is your first, would have been VFL, memory of football? What is it? If you think about it, when did you first think that you might have become engaged to the game? What when when you first think you'd as a kid? It? Like I've got a memory yeah. of standing in my great auntie's lounge room, watching the black and white grand final played between St Kilda and Collingwood. You know the St Kilda win that day, and Bulldog is standing. Nineteen sixty six. Nineteen sixty six. I would have been. I wasn't five. even born. I was, well, I was. I was How old were you? Five, and I and and. Um, a Bulldog's got the Collingwood jumper on. And, oh, yeah, and they swap jumpers. And yeah. my my auntie had the exchange, the phone exchange, in another room. What's that mean? Well, that meant that any phone call that went to Whale, which is just outside them. Whale? Whale is where the silos were, where my grandparents. How old are you? <laughs> God, help me. What do you mean, how old am I? It sounds like it's in the 1800s. Well it, was in, well, it was a long time ago, right? So it was back in 1966. So yeah. all the... One house in one paddock was my great auntie and my grandfather in a paddock, my, in a paddock and then the other paddock in next door. Yeah, but in a paddock. There was oh. like like there two there's a paddock between them and they had a paddock and then the whale silos are across the road. So whale is about halfway between Horsham and Dimboola. So the phone exchange, so you used to have to ring up the ring, 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 ring. And then you pick up up the two piece phone, right? And she'd patch you through. She would, my auntie would, my great auntie would patch you through. She'd know everything that was going on. My word, she knew everything. Who was calling who? She knew everything. Who who shouldn't have been calling who? And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes by mistake, she might leave the line open, (laughs) have a listen to a conversation, find out what was going on in the district. Anyway, I was at her place uh, watching. I don't know why we were there. Obviously, it was a sad day. But that's my earliest VFL memory. Right. And when did, was yours? Well, I, 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 all I remember is ever, the only thing I loved in life when I was a kid was footy. I was absolutely obsessed and passionate about it. And dad was coaching. So I just used to follow my dad everywhere. I used to follow him to training when yep. I was three or four. Uh, he would stay after training late. And pick the teams as the you know, the country coach did. Were you allowed to stay there with? I him just then? stayed, and yeah. I just remember staying in the change rooms, right. kicking the footy. And if the footies are all gone, rolling up, yeah, you know, the tape that had been taken yep. off, and kicking that until Dad went home. And then the, the only the first game I went to was a bus trip, like for my Saint Augustine's Footy Club, where at the end of season trip, we went to Prince. No, went to uh, Arden Street to watch. Hawthorne play the Kangaroos. Yep. And Dad was a player sponsor. He played, and so he got in the room. He was a former Hawthorne player. So he sponsored a player at Hawthorne. Right. So he took me into the rooms. He couldn't get everyone in. And I met John Kennedy Sr. Right. 
who we spoke to, Josh Kennedy. I should have mentioned That's this. That's amazing. So he, he, we had the plaque. Grandfather of Josh Kennedy, who just retired at the Sydney Swans. No, father. Father. He, we sponsored his father, John Kennedy. John Kennedy? Yes, playing for Hawthorne. Okay, okay. I thought you meant the great coach, John oh, did, Kennedy. Did I say senior? Did yeah. I? Yeah, so we sponsored John Kennedy, who played for Hawthorne against North Melbourne that day. We went in the rooms after the game, and, and I was introduced to John Kennedy as, as you know, he's sort of player sponsor. Right. And it was eye-opener, Tim. Oh, so what do you remember about that? So you're in there before the games. You're watching them. <laughs> you're watching them warm up, and no, I didn't go before after game. This after the game, okay. Blokes from walking around in the nude whispers. Crikey, <laughs> for a young fella, that was an eye opener. A wisp, eye opener. Well, that's a. Can I just tell you? We're allowed to talk about this sort of stuff because it's a pod, right? So we, this is not fruity, but it's a bit of a story that's probably well, something I like wouldn't it. talk about on radio. Mm-hmm. So when I was. And I'll, I'll fast forward to when I'm playing. We'll go back to our first game and how we got to VFL and that sort of stuff. But I remember picking this kid up who used to live next door to us in um, in, es- in Essendon. No, not him. It was, was a kid. Working. It was a kid next door who wanted to go to the footy. Right. What, so a VFL game. A VFL game. I was playing. I said, "Yeah, he." Can oh, you were playing at I this stage. I was playing at this stage, right? So I picked up the kid who lived next door. I took him to the football. And um, he went and uh, had a great day and all that sort of stuff. Where were you and living at this stage? I was living in Essendon all with right. my brother and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I take them to the footy. He's there after the game, watching everything going on, all that sort of stuff. And um, what, da, a da, da. what a thrill to be what a, well, with what the a thrill, What a thrill. Yes, what a thrill. But I, get, I take him home, <laughs> right, and everybody's waiting for him because they're all an Essendon family. Oh. They want to know how his day oh, went. And the number one man, right. the Wisps, got him under his wing. He's only a young kid, right? So he... Waltzes into the house and grandma, who's there, they're all sitting around and having a cup of tea. You would have been a big hit in that house. Massive, massive <laughs> guy. You got no idea. <laughs> we haven't. And grandma says, Oh, you know, how was it? Oh, it was great. Grandma was great. You know, I was in the rooms after the game, you know, all that sort of stuff. Who did you meet? Oh, I met Simon Madden. Oh, you met Simon Madden. What's he like? Oh, he's got a big dick. <laughs> oh, Tim. What? <laughs> That was what he said to his grandma. How old was Well, Simon kid? came, then I remember Simon came oh, in. Come on, Whispers. Come on, Come on, Whispers. He came out of the showers and the kids were standing there and the height that he was at, God, Simon yeah. just sort of, <laughs> his wife and himself I got with a towel. Two other blokes in the studio with this team. I'm not sure that's going to make it into the podcast. Well, he might be able to cut Pyrrhic no, are we allowed to get that in the podcast? Of course, probably. Of course, I mean, it happened. Yeah, it was real. Oh, yeah. well, I and it was I just can... the impression that he made to grandma. I relate to that. I can relate to that because the change rooms. I ended up doing a year twelve when I went to you know big English. One of the big things you got assessed on about, and I called it my second home because the yep. change rooms mm. through my formative years were my second home. Yes, that, that was exactly. I went either home from school to home or from. School to the Kyber footy sheds, for instance, and stayed there until Dad drove me home at night. I can see you mimicking Panch, your dad, like he might have delivered a, a very stern message to a player, and I can see you standing alongside him with the same facial expression and maybe just following up with a little bit at the end of it all, I'll too. tell you this right now, 100% true. He brought me to tears regularly as an orator, with one of the great orators. Was when he... he 
when he gave his pre-match. Was he good? Well, Garrett, he'd be sitting there in the corner with a little tear just coming <laughs> down his eye. That's how moved I got. Did you ever give him a clap at the end no, of it? No, I didn't. I was sniffling <laughs> at the time. Did you go out onto the ground at quarter time? I was the mascot. Okay, so you ran out with the players. From, I was the mascot for Mortlake yep. with Snooksy Twaddle. Yep. I was about three or four. So Snooksy. me and Snooksy Twaddle... Uh, Mortlake were blue and white like Geelong, mm. and I had, I was three. I'll bring the photo. I might get right. the photo for the podcast. I had a short sleeve jumper, <laughs> three, three year old with a short sleeve jumper. Because <laughs> Pants was a captain coach. Yeah. He what number run, was Pants? One. And you had the one on the back. I would have for yep. sure. Oh, he's five at Cobra. Right. So he'd run out, and I'd run out with him. Mm. Me and Snooksy. Yep. And then we'd do you do a whole lap or not? I'd fly little fat legs and run as fast as they can, and then they do. But um, then I go, Snooksy, off you go, champ. Because then me and Panch would go to the center for the toss of the coin. Hundred <laughs> percent, I did <laughs> every every game. Hang on, I'm finished. Yeah. Every game into the center, Panch shake hands with the other coach or captain, <laughs> toss the coin. Panch goes that way. Then Garrity first kick. What do you mean for Well, the brand new Sharon would be sitting there. What, the umpire would give it to you? Pick up, have a kick to the umpire, and off, and then that was that was my cue. And then off I'd fly. How long would it take you to run to I the outside to, again? I had to get off before the ball was bounced. And I did that at, at uh, Mortlake, Portland, and then I was a mascot at Kyabram. Well, you wouldn't have needed, at that stage then, you wouldn't have even been thinking about the VFL stuff. Because you yeah, would have been, was. well, you would have been right in the middle of all that. <laughs> oh, no, no. As that, a kid. That was our yeah. VFL. They okay. Were, so when yeah. you, when you're at the footy, at the local footy then, um, were you barracking for Hawthorne as a kid or yeah. Melbourne? No, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Okay. Yeah, passionate, mad Hawthorne. Okay. So the only way you could access the footy during the country football would be to sit in the car and listen to the radio. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then all the games all at once. Yeah. And, yeah. and then all the cars. ABC, they'd be around the grounds. Oh, yeah. They'd all be parked around the, the ground and mm. everyone would be sitting there with their windows open and then there'd be a buzzer go around the, what's going, what's going on? Mm. Oh, Carlton would kick six against Collingwood and that'd just zing around <laughs> the whole joint. Yeah. And then you'd stay for the game. Stay for the post game, you know, go upstairs into the room, have a have a, a sausage roll or a pie, and then you had to get home for the replay. Yeah. Did then, I have, have I ever told you the story about sitting in the car with my dad listening to the football no, at Japarrett? No, no. Stop me if I've ever told you this I know, story. I will. hundred percent I will. <laughs> We're sitting there at Japarrett, right? Mm-hmm. How old are you? Um, I'm probably about... 12, maybe. You played and 50 games. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're listening to the Melbourne football yep. and we're watching yep. um, my brother play, right? Is this your older brother? My older brother playing, right. So he's playing for Dimbolo against Chip Parrott. <laughs> and there's a brawl erupts, right? I'm sitting there with Dad. On the ground. In the, on the ground, yeah. right? We've got the wipers going because of the end of the mist, everything oh, going. Yeah, we yeah. can't yeah. see yeah, anybody. Then there's a little bit oh, of rain yeah. outside, a bit of fog inside. We can't. Anyway, so there's a bit of a brawl. My dad jumps out of the seat. Jumps the fence. Big owl. Big owl. Runs onto the no. runs onto the ground, right? Right in the middle of where the brawl is. <laughs> I see him turn this player over because somebody's been decked. Okay. Oh. He turns him back and then he goes to the other side of the ground and he comes back about fifteen minutes later eating a pie and sauce. And I said to I said, Dad, what are you doing? And he said, I thought that was your brother. <laughs> who got decked, okay? I couldn't stop myself. I thought it was Loxley Hoffman that hit him. <laughs> I ran out there. I got halfway. 
I could smell the pie stand. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm here. I might get myself a pie. Wait, you see, he ran I said, out. any chance of getting me one? He ran out, rolled the bike over, said, well, that's not no, him. No, it's not Mark. He left him and went and got a pie. Got a pie. Only could, it could only happen in the country. How good was it? Oh, it was great. Did you have netball? You wouldn't have the netball. Had the netball go. Yeah, oh, the netball. Where the my sister was always playing in the netball, so that was going on just off to the side of where the football was always. I can remember. I wore. Um, I remember Keith Bromwich, who was the captain coach of Dimboola. Uh, Wilf Dickerson, who played for a few games for Richmond, he was the coach up there. Richard Carms, who was a very good country player. Is it, did what? Who, what jumpers were? Uh, Dimble of kangaroos. So we were green with a yellow orangey uh, cuff. Green, a green jumper. That's not the kangaroos. Well, we were the kangaroos. We yeah, were no, the... but I mean, what sort of jumper did you have? Short sleeve. No. Was it a kangaroo jumper or what? What do you mean a kangaroo or jumper? What, was it yellow with a red V or what? Oh, no. We had a pouch built in the front <laughs> of the kangaroo. <laughs> you idiot. Look, Kyabram was Essendon colours. No, we were green. What's that mean? What, what, you just had a green jumper. Was a, what do you, a plain green jumper. We had a green jumper with a yellow yoke. Oh, you didn't say that. Well, I thought I did. Oh. I thought I did. Right, so you had And one. yellow bands around it. Right. Mm. Now. And then you had Keith Bromwich's number. Oh, Keith Bromwich's number. What about this, though? What about the story? So Keith Bromwich was a coach, the captain coach of Dimboola. Was always a captain coach. So they played with of, Essendon? No, he played with Collingwood. But this is the story, right? Mm. So when I played as a 15-year-old kid, um, somebody came to me and said, oh, the record books say that, you know, you're whatever third or whatever it is, youngest player ever to play. The youngest player that they had on the record books at that time was... Keithy Bromwich. Keithy Bromwich. He played for Collingwood as a 15-year-old. Younger than you. And there I was as a kid wearing his number on my back at Dimboola. What number What number youngest, so your third youngest ever to debut? Um, well, I got a call from Cole Hutchison uh, with some bad news a couple of oh, years no. ago saying that uh, I've been shuffled back in the pack. How? Well, they discovered some footy records of somebody else that played. So what are your fourth? Fourth or fifth, I don't know what it is. So tell it me, it doesn't how, really matter. Right, so round one, did let's just round one. This did you debut round one? No, this is what we're reminiscing about. This no, is I what we're getting I, to. I debuted in round. I debuted in round six in nineteen seventy-seven. Why? 1977. Why? Um, because turned fifteen. I, I was still having an afternoon nap. <laughs> Um, no, because nice one. Um, my manager was still negotiating well, a contract at that stage. You didn't have a manager, you were 13. <laughs> no, no, I was in the country, right? So I hadn't left home at that stage. And my parents were still deciding whether or not they'd allow me to go to right. Melbourne and go to school. This, let me just, because I assume that everyone knows this story. So you're how old? 15 and? 15 and probably about Eight or nine months. Right. Let's have a think about this if you've got a 15-year-old who's eight and nine months. Tim's is sitting in Dimboola with his mum and dad, 15 years of age, and the Essendon Footy Club have come knocking. They came knocking. They sent me a letter. I got a letter from them, Gary, December 1976, right, but just before Christmas. And uh, they said that in the following year they'd be inviting me down to play in a practice game. Right. So I kept. So you're only fourteen at this stage. No, no, I was still. I was oh, fifteen. 15. I just. Okay. I was just turned fifteen, right? So I'll say fifteen and six months or whatever it might be. So, um, I slept with that letter. Can you imagine how excited you would be if you had received a letter as a fifteen-year-old? What did, year old uh, what did uh, your mum and dad say? 
You don't do them, that son. Well, no, they didn't say that. No, no they didn't say that. They didn't say that. Were I you could... like just desperate to get? Oh, paid? desperate because I thought if I don't take up this opportunity, oh, I was going to pass you by. It may pass 15. me by. Well, that's how I thought. <laughs> how many games had you played with the Buller Seniors? I only played one. You played one. I just played one game with them, and I wasn't supposed to play that. But my older brother was in charge of us at home, and mum and dad had gone to Queensland, and he gave me permission. To play. <laughs> And he said to them, if, he, if he's in the best players, don't put his name in the local paper because mum and dad will read about it and they'll know that I gave him permission to play. How'd you go? No, no, I didn't play that well. I didn't play that well. I only came on late in the game. Anyway, so I got, the, I got, and I got, <laughs> I got that letter and then I slept with it under my pillow, right? Yeah, slept with it I under I slept your every – and I'd look at it every day. Really? Right? I, I, every, I kid you not. It was just like extraordinary that I'd get this letter. And then – I was playing in the cricket finals, right? So all, all round, huh? Well, yes, but we're playing in the grand final. You right? dropped off in cricket it, clearly as you got older. This is what happened. But I, we, they batted the first week, right? So I was the opening quick, and <laughs> had a a pretty decent sort of a game too. And <laughs> then, then at the end of uh, that weekend. We got a call to say they wanted me down next weekend to play in this practice what game. The cricket grand final. You know what I did? Cricket grand final. I gave the cricket grand final the lemonade and sass. I took off. I didn't play the second week of the final, which I should never have done. How many young I should never have done that. under 16 cricketers are faced with that dilemma? Do I play the second day of the cricket final or do I go and play in an AFL VFL practice <laughs> match for the seniors? Well, what would you have done? For seniors straight off. As I said before, I didn't think that I'd get another opportunity if I passed this up. So you went and had a pracky match? I went and played in the pracky game, and then that's when it sort of started the negotiation. Oh, yeah, we would like him to come down and play footy and all that sort of stuff. So it went on and on and on. But the season started in 1977, so I didn't realise what had been going on in Melbourne, but I woke up one Sunday morning, so it's... Who were you playing with at this stage? We hadn't started our season. Oh, cool. So that was before we'd started the season in 77. So anyway, somebody from Dimboola, who'd gone down to watch Essendon play on the Saturday. So the season starts in 1977. I'm still living in the country. Mm. They left the AFL or the VFL record on our back step oh. with, with one of the um, pages marked, oh. right? So my mum put it on the break, like come out for breakfast. Mm. Like she put it on the table and she said, have a look at that, right? right? So I'm just flicking through. I've gone to the team list, no. right? That's the page they've marked. They've underlined my name. Alongside the number 32. That's how I found out. What? That is how I found out that I was on the list and I had number 32. No. That's how I found out. Like a message in a bottle style. A message in a bottle style, yes. Unbelievable. And I was so disappointed because, Why? I thought, well, I wanted a low number. <laughs> Fuck, you're only 15. I want 32. What do you want? Three. Oh, I want eight. I liked eight or <laughs> I wanted a number between... One and ten. Uh, Tim, you're only 15. I know. And I didn't realise that number 32 was a significant number because that was Barry Davis's number. Oh, yeah. And he was one of the assistant coaches and he'd actually chosen me to wear the number 32. So, let's fast forward because yep. we're cognizant of time. You, Your first game, how did that unfold? Like, did you get – you went down when? It travelled down when? I travelled down. So, they came and picked me up. Um, they sent a delegate – delegation of three of the administrators. So Teddy Fordham, who was chairman of selectors, mm. Kevin Egan, yes, I know who Kevin. was the team manager, yep. and Barry Keane, who was one of the committeemen. 
they came to pick me up on a Wednesday three night. Three of them. Three of them, but they had to secure my release from the Dimbula Football Club. So they went. It was a big thing for oh, the committee of the Dimbula Football Club. Massive. They put a put, put a roast. So on. They put on something there. They all went down there and they had a couple, and um, <laughs> then they came back to our our place. And uh, Kimi had a um, he had a Valiant. Um, a Valiant, it was a two-tone, you know those cars that were sort of like two-tone? Pimpmobile. Yeah, one of those types of cars, yeah. right? And had the bench seats across the front. Oh, so yeah, yeah, the right. three of them sat in the front and they put me in the back seat uh, with my Adidas bag, right? And they told my mum, they told my mum that they had private board organised for me, right. right? So I'm sitting in the back seat, just, it's exciting. You know, I'm off to, I'm off to Melbourne. Were you nervous? Not nervous, just excited. Just, really? I'm going to, you know, new, new life. And so I've got my little... I had a black Adidas bag with uh, white piping, and uh, I got that from Huey Delahunty, who'd been to, <laughs> playing at Essen. He'd organised it for me from Adidas, right? Everything, all my articles, all your worldly all, possessions, everything was in everything was in this one Adidas <laughs> bag. That's all. Dude, I, you didn't have too many pairs of smalls. I, I was travelling a lot. <laughs> And it was in the it was in the bag uh, alongside me in the back seat. I'm in the back seat on my own, right? And then I hear him having this conversation in the front seat. Where is he going to stay? So they, they, they haven't already told your mum they had the board order. They lied to my mum oh. and dad. They lied to my mum. Oh, no. On the back step of our home in Dumbo, they lied to my mum about the fact that they had this private board. So one saying, "Oh, looking in state, no, he can't stay at my place. We haven't got enough room there." And then the other bloke said, well, what about your place? Yes, but I've already got a couple of other Essendon players living at my place. Kimi, so this is Barry Keem, right? He can stay at your place. You've got plenty of room there. You're in your house on your own because you'd been recently divorced. Oh, right? so they fortuitously for the old wisp. <laughs> so they, they, put me, they put me into his house in West Essendon overlooking St. Bernard's College. And we arrived, we arrived there and there was one Essendon player leaving. Right, so we arrived there really late on a on a Wednesday night during the footy season, <laughs> and Kenny Mansfield's just getting into his car. Right, and I, I didn't know who, I, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. And uh, Barry said, "Oh, yeah, there's Kenny, and uh, oh, you blokes have finished up early." So this is the Essendon committeeman saying to this bloke, "You've finished up early." He's one of the players. They've had a midweek drink <laughs> at, <laughs> at Kimi's place. <laughs> At the committeeman's place. It's Kimi sounds like he's got himself divorced. He's having parties. In the middle of well, it was like that too. So that's why I didn't actually last very long at his place. So that Wednesday, and you didn't surely didn't play that weekend. I played. No, I played in the reserve team. So I played reserve football. Right. And then I played um, after five reserve grade games. Then I was picked to play in the seniors against against Richmond at at Waverley. Waverley Park, Richmond, nineteen seventy-seven. Drawn game. It was a draw. Drawn game, yeah. Can you remember anything about it? What can what's your what's your overwhelming memory of it? Um, my overwhelming memory is seeing, you know, Francis Burke and those blokes, Robbie McGee. Because I barracked for Richmond as a kid. So oh. I saw them up close and you know, I was just marveling at their muscle uh, you know <laughs> I mean silly things like, yeah, you know, how big Found and yourself strong just they look, are. just looking at them like, Hey Watson, <laughs> go and get the ball. What do you have? I know I can look this up. So I don't. To, I can't remember. I had you, I had um, a couple of touches, but I don't know how many. Sixteen I disposals, I'm told. Did That's I? a nice debut. Well, on half forward flank, which used to be the graveyard. Oh yeah, he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> any goals? No any, goals. No goals. And then, how many did you play the rest of the year? Yep, I played every game for the rest of the year. Yep. And what was the breakout game? Not I didn't you, have a breakout not game. That you needed. One. I don't think I had a breakout game. Um, 
No, I didn't have a break out game. Tell me you kicked five one stage. No, it was in the second year. That was my second year at Lakeside Oval. um, A lazy five. Um, But that was... It was, yeah, like I shouldn't have really been played as a, as a to be 15. honest, when I look back, I shouldn't have been played as a 15 year old, but Jeez. SM were trying to rebuild their team and they had younger players that came, Van, you know, remember Paul Vanderhaar? What yeah. a superstar he was. So he started in 77. How old was he? He was 18. Oh, old fella. Yeah. But he was my mentor. Which um, well, that's not well, good. It wasn't good. To about Taron Thomas and Jason Horn Francis, it wasn't good. The wish for being mentored by Vander. <laughs> Quickly tell that story about the, when you, you when you had to pick him up to go to the final at Waverley. <laughs> so he, um, we were playing this final, nineteen eighty nine. I went to Mont Albert to pick him up, and uh, we had to be at the ground, whatever time it was. Anyway, I'm running right on time. Because I hated to be late. Sorry, sorry. I hated to be late. I couldn't wake him up. I couldn't I couldn't raise him, right? <laughs> it's a final. It's a final. Banging on the door, this sort of stuff. Anyway, he finally comes to the window. He's like, here's the shower. Like, he said, oh, I haven't had my shower yet. I said, well, you're going to have a shower. He said, well, can you put some bacon and eggs on for me? Because I haven't had anything to eat yet. So I cooked him some bacon and eggs and some toast and made him a cup of tea. What? And he nestled that on his lap on the way to the 1989 no. prelim final. Prelim. Prelim final. It's a big game, Gary. It's a prelim. We get to Wellington Road where all the traffic used to bank up outside yeah. Waverley Park. Yeah. And we're sort of stuck in the traffic and he's, he's sort of looking. I said, what's wrong? He said, oh, God. He said, always have a fag before the game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he said, hang on. There's somebody with a bomber scarf hanging oh, out their no. window. <laughs> He did. Not. He said, "Yeah, he did." He said, "Pull up a little bit closer." Oh, no. He's wound down the window and he's gone to the bloke. Oh. <laughs> the bloke's giving him a fag. <laughs> I, I, we had a word of a lie. That, that is, is exactly amazing. what happened. How did he play? Oh, he was great. He was always great. But that was his normal, his normal preparation for a game. God help me! That is just unbelievable stuff. And what about you? How did you get uh, no, to? No, no, I've got no stories. No, you, how did you get to? I'm, a, I'm an old man by the time I played compared to that. I know you were late. You were a late developer, but you. No, I played around. One. I, the, only, the only difference to you is I'm about three years older, and I did play round one, so it was 1986. So, um, but how did you get there? Oh, uh, yeah, we're country we're, uh, um, zoned, so Melbourne, right. uh, the Golden Valley was Melbourne zone. But did they put you through school or how old? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're still going to year Melbourne, 11 oh. or 12? No, year 11 I was in, I went to Shep. So where I was at Kyabram, we stopped at year 10 the school and you either went to Echuca, if you're Catholic, which we were Catholic, to Echuca or Shepherd. And my sisters went to Echuca, but I went to Shep because Melbourne had their, um, you know, their development squad yep. or whatever. So I used to go to school in Shep and do the development stuff. Mum would come and get me back to Kai. And that was you. Uh, so that was year 11. Then I came to Melbourne on, for Melbourne High in year 12 and had a couple of years with the under-19s. And then the first round of 86 I played, which was great. The only thing I remember about it was it was Easter. I was you know, excited like you were. And on the Friday, it was Good Friday, and we played on the Saturday. So everything was shut. And I woke up and my back, like I put a muscle out or something right. like that. I was in unbelievable pain. And I rang, I went into the room. And rang the club doctor in the afternoon to pull out of the game. That's how bad my back was. But I couldn't get hold of him. 
There was no mobile. No one was answering. No mobile phones in those days. <laughs> right. And he wasn't answering his phone. So who were you playing against? I couldn't pull out. <laughs> what was? Who were you playing against? Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. At the MCG, of course. MCG. So next day, just turned up and. Were you back, okay by yeah, the next yeah, day? Yeah, it wasn't Loosened too bad. Loosened up a bit. And it was thirty plus degrees, stinking hot, and I'm playing halfback mm. flank on Michael Pickering. I've told him many, many times. One of the great runners of all time. Oh, and absolutely slaughtered me. Right. And I thought, oh, that's the end of me. And then at halftime, he never came out. Right. He, he got hurt. And? They shifted you forward, did they, at uh, that stage or not? Yeah, no. Well, they waited. And? Waited until the last 10 minutes. And? Oh, I kicked two. And? And we won. <laughs> <laughs> end of story. <laughs> You're listening to The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. For tyre power, store-wide super sale now on with 25% off on selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Ah, the good people at Tyre Power, where would we be without them? Uh, also for TJM, handle anything with XGS Premium Suspension by TJM. Visit your local TJM store for a free quote today. Um, we get, we've get we got a little bit of housekeeping yep. to catch up on. Last week, yep, last week. Extraordinary story. Last week on the podcast, uh, you told the great story about the time when uh, you sat in and hosted the Today Show with uh, Sharon Gadella and Richard Wilkins. And it just happened to be the same morning that... Breaking uh, out in the sweat again. Yeah, <laughs> world, just talking about the world had captured Saddam Hussein. Now, we had no audio of your performance last week when we spoke this about is, it. It's ne- I've never heard it. No. The stories I told were my recollections, right. my best recollections yes. from 2003. Okay. Well, I'm going to jog your memory this morning because I've got, I think, four or five grabs not from that, that program. Sure, that this is back 2003... Gary's debut on the Today Show. Saddam Hussein has just been captured overnight. This is how the program began all the way back then. Hi, I'm Gary Lyon. American President George Bush has called it justice at last. This morning we're going live for reaction from the White House. Here in our studio we'll have the Prime Minister John Howard. This is Monday, the 15th of December, 2003. Strong start. Good start. Strong start. Good start. There is nothing wrong with anything you've done so far. Okay. Can I just again, surreal, the first words, the first topic, (laughs) George Bush, White House, and John Howard. Uh, uh, Did you hear me put my posh voice on? I did. That was Uh, you. That was was me, international news (laughs) from Gary Lyon. Then you sit down. Well, you're already at the desk right now. It's a very small desk, and there's three of you alongside each other. You've got Dickie Wilkins on one side. You've got Shazza in the middle, and you are on the other side. And this is as serious as any story that's broken for decades. Okay, so the first bit that we played is sort of like VO, voiceover. Now, this is the camera zooming in on the three of them, and Gary is talking to Dick and Shazza (laughs) for the first time. You're sitting next to an AFL footy legend, Gary Lyon. Nice Go easy, Dick. We're here. Wonderful to be here this morning. Just a quiet morning to ease myself in the proceedings. <laughs> very nice. Your timing's here. impeccable. Oh, oh, a bit of humour. Well, Dickie says your timing's impeccable. Go easy, Dick, I said. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of humour. Just to try and lighten things up a bit, Wiz. <laughs> no, I reckon it's a – honestly, it's a great start. Oh, it's, it's, much, it's much better than I remembered it being, <laughs> oh, to be quite honest. No, but okay. then we had to straighten up because Sharon well, Goodella did the big – one with, yeah, uh, with Johnny Howard. With 
Johnny. the Prime Minister. Yeah. And, and she, you, did a, she did a great job. But you got the you got the bigger one, really. Not you, really. Well, you did. Wasn't really, the bigger one. Well, you did because of his importance to what was going on <laughs> and Australian intelligence as well. What was his name? I again? don't know. Anyway, remember. here's Gary. Oh, no. <laughs> one, one, one on one with uh, I think the chief of Australian intelligence. And now joining us in Canberra, military strategist Mark Sampson joins us. Mark, thanks for your time. I guess the obvious question now is that we've got Saddam Hussein. What do we do with him? Gary, that's a great question. Um, this is not going to be a short process. <laughs> yes, that's a great question, Wisp. Did somebody write that for you? That no, just come, comes to you at the moment. Didn't you hear moment? what I said? The obvious question. Yes. What are we going to do with him? Yes. What are we doing with this bloke? Are we gonna, oh, we're Great question, Gary. Oh, we're going to drop him. He's not going to play. <laughs> he won't be playing again. Oh no. Um, okay. So I reckon you're going okay. How long, okay. How, no, no, better than okay. Going with a bit of humour. Yep. Got yep. a great question. Yep. I'm going okay. Okay. So this is this is question. Well, I tell you what. What? This is question number two. And this is a surefire sign that you are going better than okay. And, Mark, what about the violence in Iraq? Would we expect that to perhaps uh, escalate? I mean, retribution might be on the minds of many, or would there perhaps uh, be a quieter period now after the capture of Saddam Hussein? It's a very good point and very interesting too, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Two, Two great questions. You stumbled a little bit at the beginning of it because they were big words that you were reading on the screen. Tim, you probably hadn't seen them before. As I'm, but I'm saying, gonna... as I'm, this is the thing, right? And we're not going to go on about it. As, I, as I'm asking those questions, I'm going, mm. what, what? Where's what? Iraq? That's what you'd be asking. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing asking about? Is, your, is Iraq a, what, is that a country or is that a city? What's going on in Iraq? <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, no, of course you'd want to know that. Wow. Anyway, having watched that and a little bit more, mm-hmm. and Andrew Murphy, we touched on this last week in The oh, Age, yeah. wrote this for his part, Lions, disastrous stink <laughs> as the host of the Today Show, da-da-da, he floundered, done, approved that outside of support, he's perhaps out of his depth. I think I think that was written in tw- 2006. I think he owes you an apology Damn and, straight a, he does. and a retraction. Damn straight the Muppet Mur- uh, Murphy does. <laughs> My word, he does. Anyway. Uh, I'm hoping to find a little bit more of that interview. Uh, for a later got, podcast. I, my man sent me the whole show. I got oh. I watched the first two questions and that was it. I couldn't look at myself anymore. Anyway, um, it was it was good fun. Hey, let's. Uh, let's have you been you haven't been chainsawing? Have you down there on the property? I was going to get into something we do know something about, and that's farming. Farming, yeah, mm. in our wheelhouse. You because I've said, just shut up and get the stinger out. <laughs> it's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Um, How many times have I said to you, it is dangerous to chainsaw on your own? How many times? Yeah, well... And apparently at the weekend, my spies down there say that they saw you in the paddock chainsawing on your own again. The, in shorts? No, I had all the requisite safety equipment, Tim. What did Don't you have on? Joke about this. No, stuff. what did you did you have your chaps on? I had earmuffs, I had eye protection, what? I had gloves. And had, what about your chaps? The leather covers. There for were no your chaps, trousers. I was on my own. I told you that. <laughs> 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 Couldn't see a chap anywhere. Ding ding. Um 
No, no you're, Tom suppo- can- you're supposed to wear those leather chaps on your legs to protect your legs in case oh. the chainsaw well, runs into you. Can you get me a pair of them from your mate, well, Don's, Cowboy? No, Don Scott's got some too. Cowboy, you said Cowboy's got well, a pair. Well, Cowboy's got some. Yeah, he's yeah. got all that stuff. It's a damn. Um, I, da- I, I don't muck around dangerous. with chainsaw. No, no, I know. And don't. let's be very no, serious. No, but about it is this. dangerous to chainsaw on your own. Well, but the Tom came. He he was there very quickly, so I wasn't on my. Own. What were you cutting? A massive tree had fallen mm. down. Two of them across the path and down and took my fences down. Still? Yeah, it was a still chainsaw. <laughs> yep. No, it's a fence still down on there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it was a still. <laughs> Anyway, I chopped it. I chopped. I did a lot of heavy work, but then it kept getting pinched. Well, that's the problem when it kicks back on you too. No, no, nothing about giving kick back. Get, when you chainsaw in the big, you know, the massive yeah. log, and then it sort of falls in, and then it's. Gets oh, stuck. you got the bar stuck. Yes, that's that's what. It, yeah, it's that's, a bar. That's right. It's the, the chain bar. bar. Got, yes, that and that, and then I had to get the tractor to, to open up. Well, just to try and lift, it up lift the log to yeah. open it so it'd fall out, and then the log was too heavy. Right. Then I had to get some straps to try and get the log high. Oh, was a it was a very very hard. What sort day. of a tr- was it? A red box, grey box, uh, yellow box, I think. Right, mm. that's a good burning wood too. Yeah, well, it will be when I when I uh, chip it, uh, chop it all up, because I had also had my man come and fix the uh, wood splitter. Right, what was, was wrong with it? Well, it's just cutting in and out. I thought there was a. Uh, you know what I think your problem is? A and, block in the fuel line. Yeah, but you know why? No, this is not. This is the greatest advice I ever got from my late father-in-law, and that was always when you're putting petrol into one of your farm things, equipment, equipments, things, always use a strainer. Do you use a strainer every time you put fuel in? A strainer? Yes. A filter? A filter? Yes. Of course. You sure? Hundred percent, I do. Always. I'm not sure you do. Maybe not on the chain. I'm not sure you do. Because dust and crap, that can get in there, and that's what actually stops these things from working. Particularly if you haven't been using them for a while. I want you to have a think about that next time. Then I cleaned the chainsaw. Then I undid all of the bolt, the requisite bolts, and got the bar off. Yes. Was it bent? Did you have a bent bar? No. Straight bar. Right. Strong and straight. Cleaned all the, the, um, yeah, the uh, dust and sawdust. Sawdust, yeah. And oil. Put the chain back on mm. and uh, wasn't getting much traction next time I went out for a chop. Was it? I put it on back to front. <laughs> <laughs> so, that can happen. So That can happen. Therein yeah. is our farming tip of the day. Make sure if you take the chain off your chainsaw, you put it back the right way. That is a very, that's an excellent tip. <laughs> because it, I'm telling you, it won't really cut much at all. Unless you unless you position yourself backwards. Well, gee, or you could go backwards. Yeah. That's exactly right. Right, let's finish off by going down a couple of rabbit holes. There's a whole okay. heap of rabbit holes here. We might wander down them. Um, Oscars was on during the week as well. Yes. You're a man that keeps a close eye on fashion. Some of the outfits I saw were beyond the pale. One, one, one woman had a feather across her chest. That was it. Lady Gaga had her dress hanging down halfway down her bottom. Mm. I think there's... Um... There's got to be... I think there's a race on to Shock. attend attend a an awards night without any clothes on. I think there's a race on between all the women over there in Hollywood and wherever else they might be right. to actually attend. And I think we're being conditioned to it. Slowly but surely, the garments are coming off piece by piece. You know what? I don't think anyone's even going to notice. You know what's sexy? When Lady Gaga turns up at the Academy Awards in two years' time and she's buck naked... I don't think anybody's even going to bat an eye. Who in the Australian media might lead that charge? 
in male or female? Either. Non, we're non-discriminatory. Well, it's gone too far. My bottom line is, pardon the pun, pardon the pun. I looked no. at all the photos because you told me to, and I, I just, it didn't titillate, it didn't excite me. I told you to. I thought I? it was, you said, get across the fashion for the rabbit hole, and I did. I said, have a I look saw, at the Lady Gaga number. Yeah, she looked like she'd forgotten her belt, and she looked like a tradie whose pants were halfway down her backside. Yes. And that's not sexy. No, that's not. But I didn't like it, Wisp. Each to, each to his own, but when she turned up to sing that song. I didn't see that. Oh, no, she was good. Well, because she's in her jeans. She had a black T-shirt on. She had a ripped pair of black jeans and some Connies on, and uh, no makeup. She had chaff lips, actually. A lot of she people, had chaps. Chap, chap. Is it chaffed? Chafed. Chafed. <laughs> chaffed. <laughs> She had chaffed lips. She had chafed lips. Did she? Yes. Oh, that was well, she sort of stripped herself of everything. Well, why'd she do that? Because she didn't want to have any makeup on, I think. Anyway, she's a great talent. She is a great, great talent. Yeah. Well. One of my favorites. Um, breastfeeding in the courtroom, you said we should circle around back to that? I said not to talk about that. I said not to talk about but that. But is it fair enough? This is, again, oh. this is the rabbit hole that we're mm. not expert in. Every... One has the right to breastfeed their child wherever they want. Of but course. Except when you go into that environment, then mm. there are circumstances in which a loud, noisy baby wouldn't be conducive to them being able to do their job to the. And when they, right. when I say their job, the jury and the judge yeah. are having to. But at that point, though, if the baby started crying or whatever, you take you would just stand up and leave, would you not? I don't. Court. I don't. I thought this was like a protest that was made, wasn't it? Not? I don't know. Not the, the first. Not time. the first one was. No, it? no. But the second. Yeah, because she was asked to leave. That's but are why. you entitled, not if you're the judge, to go? All right, this is there, there's someone's life is on the line here. It's important that the jury mm. are able to hear every single piece of evidence. And if anything is compromising that, then is the yeah. judge not entitled to make a call? That is a very common sense approach that you've adopted there and taken. And I think that's that the one that should apply to a lot of things that go on in society. Taking nothing away, we've never breastfed babies. No, and we support no. the. And if a baby wants to be fed. Support mother's rights to breastfeed whenever, wherever, but in this circumstance, yep. maybe. Yep. Maybe you need to consider your surrounds. You need to consider the people around you. No, no, that's you enough of that. And what you're doing. Okay. Good luck with that. Um, I want to ask you this. This is, I don't know, this is a... Another rabbit hole? This, yeah, but it's difficult for me to ask you this question because I think so highly of you <laughs> and the organisation that you represent and work for. But have Foxtel been fudging their numbers on the people that have been watching the NRL and the AFL, to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Why do you ask, two dogs? Because it has been reported that maybe they have been inflating the numbers. They, been watching the NRL. they wouldn't do that? No. I mean, they probably pe- under-report if Well, anything. you know the people better than I do there yes, at Fox. Are you saying that more, they wouldn't do that? Yeah. More conservative, if anything. Okay. Just in case. Okay. I just wanted to tick that off because I've been concerned about that. And I just wanted to, I knew that you would have the answer to that. How many submarines do we need to feel safe? Good question. Good question. I've never felt unsafe without any submarines. But But then I didn't know how many submarines we might have had in the first place. My point exactly. You don't know how many submarines we've got. Well, how many do you think we need before we're going to feel safe? We ordered 340 billion bucks worth of sub. We have 340 bill worth of sub, thanks. That sounds exy. How much did it cost? 340 bill. Right. That sounds exy. What's he had to say about it? Oh, oh, exy. (laughs) Chinese (laughs) exy. Well, he was, I thought, yeah, again, we know nothing. Would they be listening to this, by the, the Chinese way? Chinese are telling us. I don't us, want to say anything defamatory against China. How dare you spend money on defending yourselves? <laughs>
Yes. That was, that, that's as deep as I can go on What that. about our, our audacity to think yeah. that we need to go and spend money on defending ourselves? Gary Lineker, who's um, you described the Bruce McAvaney of... Um, oh, I said he was the Gary Lyon of yeah, the well, BBC in the UK than, and the world game. He's bigger than that. He, had a political, he made a political statement. BBC stood him down mm. for a while and then all hell broke loose. Yes. Fair enough? Um... No, I don't think so. Well, he made a political know, statement. Yes, about, I know. I don't know what his contract states, though, because you and I both sign contracts and we both work for different media organisations. I've never read the fine print, so I don't right. actually know whether or not we're allowed to comment about stuff like whether or not we should have one or two or three or four submarines. I mean, I don't know well, whether you, we're talking you, about that or not. After your, <laughs> after your comments about the submarines and Exy, you may be called into the office. Would you be, would you be, if you had have made comment like Gary Lineker has made comment, mm. do you think that you would have been sanctioned in any way? So he described the language around the asylum policy yeah. as Nazi-like. Yes. I doubt it. I mm. think everyone's entitled to their opinion. If you came out and I'm just thinking of a big issue here in Australia at the moment. The Voice? Yeah, so you came out and said uh, you supported The Voice. Yeah. Do you think that you'd be disciplined no, over that? I don't think so. No, I no. don't think it would be on. Last one for me. When people are, when, when young sports people are working out uh, whether they might, what career path they might go down, football was always seen to be in front of cricket, right? Yeah. So cricket's challenge was hanging on to their talented sports people because, you know, the multi, those that could play both, yep. you know, would choose footy because financially perhaps... Ricky Ponting just bought a twenty million dollar yeah, house. Yeah, I think that's going to change. Going to move the needle. We'll continue to move the needle. I know the IPL and the BBL and all that stuff. There's not many Ricky Pontings around though, but there's an enormous amount of money on offer. Cameron Green just cricket. signed yeah. for three million bucks. Yeah. For yeah, six no, weeks. there's a lot of money in cricket, and I well, think is that going right. to impact on AFL on the AFL talent pathway? Like, so the Jonathan Brown, oh, no, I don't. Well, it already has. Is that good? But Green apparently Green was a great. He was footballer. Too. Will Sutherland was a good, yeah. good footballer. Yeah. Yeah, that already has. So, but you're going to have to think that you're right up there amongst the elite, though, aren't you? And you would have had that choice well, too no, back the, in the day. Yeah, well, footy was a no-brainer for me. But... Do you know there's a camera here so people can like <laughs> see you actually point yourself there? All right, Whispers. On that note, it was very nice <laughs> to talk to you. Um, we'll be back next week for Thai Power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. Tune in to 1116SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Well,